0: When one emoji loves another emoji very, very much, they get together Mm. and they create emoji.
1: (laughs) Hello, everybody. It's your friend Paul from Postlight. And I am joined today with lead product designer, Liz Tan, who's been on the podcast before.
2: Liz! Hi! Liz, how you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited about today.
1: Today is an exciting day because we have someone who is probably the single most influential designer on earth.
2: I would agree to that
1: that doesn't mean best (laughs) that doesn't mean doesn't mean anything but it might be the most influential And, and you'll realize why i'm burning her after you've listened to her talk for a few minutes let's just bring her into the show this is somebody we have both known for quite a long time we're going to gently poke at her and make fun but but also with tremendous respect jennifer daniel i'm so glad you're on our podcast paul ford
0: liz tan happy to be here
1: Full disclosures, right? Like, I overlapped with you at, at Bloomberg Business Week. We got to know each other a little bit. Liz, you've known Jennifer for a while too, right?
2: I have. Not really sure we can really talk about it. I don't know, Jen, if you're comfortable, but I know you from like when you made a Harry Potter magazine out of Urban Outfitters uh, catalog.
0: That's how long ago I've known you. You missed the Victoria's Secret version. Oh, that we... one was really spicy.
2: I know. <laughs>
1: this is why so Jen what is your title and what is your what do you do you work at Google which is a little company we should tell people Google is a, a search engine and advertising firm but what what do you do at Google? I
0: work at an ad-based company called google.com and what do I do I make emoji I make a lot of emoji oh my God. I do other things as well but like who wants to actually hear about all the things that a nurse does you like you're like, you're a nurse. I get it. I get what you do. I don't need all the whole rigmarole. But yeah, I make a lot of things at Google, and one of them is emoji.
1: What's it? So you're. I think of you as Emoji Czar. Is that like a fair, fair title?
0: I'm more formally the chair of the emoji subcommittee for the Unicode Consortium.
1: Damn, that is it's, a good title. It sounds that is
0: pretty. Wow. It's a big mouthful. It doesn't sound nearly as fancy as CEO of Postlight, but you know.
1: I don't think I have ever been, and I'm not kidding, <laughs> as jealous of another human being because that is like everything I love—like standards, bodies, little—and you also have design. You have talent that that I completely lack. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I think that, you know, then then we're going to flip the other way. It's like, oh, you design emoji. But what what do you actually, what do you do? What do you do all day?
0: It really isn't too dissimilar from like any other job that requires video chat. You know, it's just, it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of Google doc making. It's a lot of jiggling my mouse. It's a lot of.
1: I really believe deeply in my heart. And by the end of this podcast, I will have convinced you both that there needs to be a cough drop emoji. First of all, What does that even mean? Second of all, what would have to happen? Well,
0: what if I told you it already existed? You're only limited by your own imagination, Paul. Think. Dig deep. So the thing about emoji is that people don't go around thinking, I need to add a new letter to the alphabet. Like, what's a new letter I can add to the alphabet? What they do instead is they play with words and jargon and slang, and they create new words and new phrases, but they don't think to themselves like, what's a new letter so that I can convey this range of concepts.
1: Okay. 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 So no new letters in the alphabet. Okay. But I still, all right. So what now? Meeting's over?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Everyone go home. Time to pour yourself a, a drink. It's more like, what can you do with the resources available to you? Just like anything else. Like, when you're talking to someone do you use body language eye contact volume cadence of speech and online what do you do to do you use like the reaction bar. Do you use words or letters or pictures or memes or I don't know animated images?
1: The audience can't see this, but Jen just became so incredibly animated as she was telling us that, like, her entire all her hands, everything started moving at once. So it was awesome. Okay, okay.
0: So yeah, I mean, I, I I think like with cough drop, if you really wanted to convey the specificity that comes with a cough drop, mm-hmm. you can use a number of existing ones, right? You can use there's an emoji that is just a very nondescript. It looks just like a cough drop, uh, but I think it's called candy, but it looks like it's like basically a circle that's in a little wrapping, something you might see at your grandma's house, right? Mm -hmm. Like in a Mm -hmm. a jar. Mm. So you could use that next to the emoji where it has someone with the little tissue where it looks like they're sick. And if you want to convey that you, that's it. That's probably sufficient because 85% of emoji are shared with words to clarify Uh, their intent. People don't use emoji like a language. In fact, if emoji were a language, no one would use it. It's very hard to learn a new language. Right. Like, I would love to learn a new language. I've tried to. I'm terrible at learning new languages. But so it's purely what makes emoji,
1: supplemental. It's, it's, it is. Yeah. It, okay. it, it,
0: the reason it's successful is because it works with how you already talk and behave. So it's like punctuation.
1: It's like a little zhuzh. All right, so now you bum me out. I'm sitting here. I'm holding a, ha- a cough drop like a chump. But okay, but you're saying like, all right, all right. No, calm down, buddy. You don't need that. But, but certainly some new emoji get in.
0: Well, don't be too bummed. I mean, like you wanted to convey the concept of cough drop and here you are. You can and you don't have to wait unless you're just bummed that, you didn't get to say you made it, which is a, more about an ego thing than about communication.
1: No, that's right. I'm a trivial person and I, I want to <laughs> go to the standards body and convince them that I matter.
0: Well, first, you could become a member. Like Unicode is like super mm. cheap. You could become a member and attend, you know, not emoji meetings, but like standards bodies meetings if you are as passionate about it as you insist you are. Watch out, Unicode. Yeah, All right, come
1: wait on, Bob. What are standards? Okay, what's a standards body? Because our audience has no idea if they're anything like most people, and what are standards bodies meetings like?
0: I love going to the Unicode meetings. Uh, they happen four times a year. They used to be in person, uh, but due to obvious world events, we have been doing them digitally for every year now. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, like you could think of standards just like anything else. Like they just—they're just guidelines. They're like general principles and rules that you know you should probably listen to. If you're mm-hmm. going to be using it, you know they're not the police. You know they're not re- they're not enforcing it. They're just sort of like you should probably do this. This is what we recommend for these number of reasons. But they don't go around saying you didn't follow our guidelines. No soup for you, mm-hmm. right? They just like you're like it's that's on you. And that they're open standards, and anyone can contribute, and it's a volunteer-based organization, and everyone does it because they really care about. Communicating online, right? Before Unicode, you couldn't send things in your native tongue digitally to another computer. Like if you're if you spoke Hindi, for example, because it wouldn't render.
1: It's not just emoji. Like emoji are added onto Unicode or part of Unicode, but like Unicode is a standard for all the world's languages.
0: That's right. So they they're encoding all the world's languages. So like before they came around, if you wanted to send a message in Hindi from one device and you wanted the person you're sending it to to also read it in Hindi. Before Unicode, that was a real problem. So like every letter that you read on a screen is assigned a code point, right? Okay. The letter A, it's code point U-O-O-4-1. So when you wow, send That's you know, what I like a- to see.
1: That's great. <laughs> that's gonna be on the whiteboard interview. That's wonderful. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that so there's a special code point. So inside the computer, in the memory, is like boop 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 boop, and that that, it knows that's an A. And now everybody's computer knows that's an A because they all agreed to talk Unicode.
0: That's right. When you send the letter A to someone, there's that reasonable expectation they will also see the letter A because you're all basing it on the same database, basically. And this works for all letters. Like in Hebrew, you know, Aleph. The code point is U05D0. And for emoji. That's true too. So each emoji is assigned a code point. So face palm is U1F926. I cannot do that for all emoji. It's still it pretty good
1: though. I will say having gone to the Unicode Consortium website, not that I don't visit it every single week, but like membership is usually very expensive and prohibitive in organizations like this. Here it's like 75 bucks. Like good good for them. They actually want the world to join this thing.
0: They really do care about making language accessible online. It's what they do. It's, what, it's the foundation of, of why people continue to to support Unicode.
1: So how does, like, how does avocado become avocado? Help us understand.
0: I think avocado, I don't know if it was one of the original emoji, but it's definitely one of the old school emoji. So there's a, a great deal of emoji that are on your keyboard just because they originated from j- Japanese phone carriers. So they're on there. You're like, why is... Love Hotel. Why is Love Hotel on my keyboard? Surely, if Love Hotel's on my keyboard, I should be able to get neck massager. But actually, a great deal of them just come from the legacy of where emoji originated. So they're very culturally specific and on, on honestly, uh, like, of that era, like, specifically of the 90s. Like, they originate from the 90s. Then Unicode came in. Basically, they were very popular in Japan. And folks in the West were like, how can we also be popular in Japan? And Unicode had started about 30 years ago. So I think they were relatively been around for a while actually and they were able to say like this is actually something we can help with because on japanese phone carriers if you were sending one bitmapped image to another one you're having that problem where it wasn't rendering because you were on docomo and they were on softbank for example so unicode said we can help with that we can standardize it in some way and that'll make it easier so they did that then more folks started doing it then you started seeing emoji in gmail right you started seeing all these little uh, cute little animated characters in there is it pre unicode they were like proto emoji like a dancing lobster and like a bouncing person hugging and iOS was interested in it as well of course uh, so they started implementing emoji into their keyboard and thanks to unicode they've they've become more standard so that when you send something in one on one device it renders on another device and and here we are now with avocado emoji
1: all right, so so giant organizations not quite working together, but agreeing to support the standard.
0: I wasn't around, but I do believe there was a great deal of collaboration required because this is gonna. This was a pretty intense and radical idea, because Unicode had pre- already existed for regular languages. What we were suggesting is that this was going to be visual and that's a pretty big step from what they were doing previously so yeah there is there is a there is collaboration <laughs> at least now in my era back now in the newfangled days of emoji it's nice
1: it's nice that giants are getting along i mean what what's the most recent emoji that pops to mind
0: i mean i'm working on the new emoji for next year huh. so i'm only, that's, huh. quarter, uh, that's so you're way in the past I Paul. i can't really are you talk allowed about, to talk like,
1: about the new emoji
0: 2021 I mean, emoji no- oh for sure the short list was published in kay. january there's about 36 of them. I think if you Google like alpha, emoji, candidates, Unicode.
1: Doing it. I'm Googling.
0: You might Googling. I'm definitely not not using
1: Bing in this context.
0: So yeah. So we've been working on x-ray emoji. We've been Mm. working on...
1: Oh, we got troll. Troll's coming.
0: Troll is coming. Uh, So these are all the emoji that'll be in the next batch. How does this get decided on? How, How do you decide what comes next? Okay. So we talked a little bit about Unicode. So it's a big group and they have lots of different subcommittees some focus on scripting some focus on on specific languages the committee that that i chair is about obviously emoji and every year we get together and establish priorities for what we want to be focusing on that year otherwise we'd be a bunch of feral cats that are just randomly encoding things so about two years ago we oh no one year just a year ago sorry it's been a long year uh we converged on the idea of reducing the number of emoji we encode and to identify more globally relevant emoji. And there's like two ways to interpret what globally relevant means. You know, one is to say, what is globally relevant? It's something that means something to everybody in the world, right? Another way to say globally relevant is it is relevant to just a very specific group of people in the world, thereby making it globally relevant because it's relevant to that you know very specific region. We're, t- we're talking more about the f- the former in this case. We want concepts that are broad and relevant so that when people look in their keyboard, they don't think to themselves, what is that? I don't know what that is. You want them to be like, I know how to use that. And it doesn't matter if they're wrong because no one's wrong with emoji, right? So like mate, which became an emoji, I want to say in 2019 is a very popular drink in Argentina and Uruguay. But you know, there's like lots of different versions of mate. There's hot mate and cold mate. You know, to someone who is not from that part of the world, they look at it and they just see a coconut drink. They're just like, oh, it's a coconut drink. I, I, I know what a coconut drink is. Like, I've seen those in cartoons and I've seen them in the movie. Like, I know like it means like vacation or like drinking on a tropical island. And so while mate means something very specific to somewhere else in the world, it has, still has global relevance. And that's something that's super important. So those are the, sort of the priorities. So as we establish those, everyone's on board for it, we then try to figure out how to execute it. One way we do that is we provide guidelines and lists for people interested in writing proposals. So if you are interested in hand gestures, Lauren Gon who's a linguist who specializes in gesture, wrote, I think it's just a two-page document about what to consider when writing a hand gesture. Like these are the things that work, these are the things that are less successful, and then wrote an additional document that gave a list of possible candidates that would be worth considering for future emoji. Uh, we do that with a couple categories. I did one for smileys. So then we, we create these lists for people to consider, and then we review them. So we spend a lot of time reviewing. I will say that we, we're changing the process a bit, which will, we 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 normally, or historically, have accepted proposals all year round, but that is deeply suffocating. Uh, and distracting because we can't actually get any work done because we're just reviewing proposals. So we're we're only reviewing proposal proposals basically in the summer. And in that summer, we review them. We we also return them for modifications. So we think there's potential. We're like, oh, this one could work, but like, it really doesn't have enough evidence of multiple uses, right? It's just literally representing neck massager. <laughs> what are other ways that people are using neck massager in conversations, right? Like, oh, what are boy. other like more metaphor? Yeah.
1: So look, one of the things I like to do is look at standards. I enjoy it. I, I look at the standard for the Lotus emoji, which is one of the upcoming emojis for version 14.0. And nice emoji looks good. Interestingly enough, it was submitted by Jennifer Daniel in September 2019. So we're, we're still not, it's still not ratified, right? It's still not officially part of the new emoji, but we're, we're definitely going on a year plus here. What am I looking at? I am looking at an enormous amount of data. We're going to link this in the show notes, but I'm looking at all sorts of things about the the Lotus. Talk me through this document. Who's reading this? What am I supposed to be learning here when I am standardizing the Lotus?
0: Well, that's true. It takes about over two years to encode an emoji. Although because of COVID, the Unicode process was delayed six more months. So while this was on track to become an emoji Earlier, it is it has been delayed. But yeah, I think the, the structure of this proposal is probably a good example of how we review or how pr- proposals are reviewed or evaluated.
1: Okay, so who drew who drew the Lotus? Like, that, that's always what I think. I I'm, mean, I'm, you know, I'm here with Liz and I'm just like, designers are, are busy people. Gotta go get one and get them to do things. I can't draw a Lotus.
0: I mean, I can't either, but I drew this one. I mean, like... Oh, no, it's a good
2: Lotus.
1: <laughs> Liz, do you want to critique it?
2: Not really. Yeah. Not with the artists. <laughs> not with the
0: artists in here. My goodness.
1: It's not Pressure. good. We'll do it. And there's all kinds of problems with We'll
0: do it after the show. Yeah. We'll, 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 Let's we'll do an Like, it, There's a lot. Like, but the, the point is that you get that it's a Lotus. Like, it does the job sufficiently where it doesn't have an opinion.
1: It's on a lily pad.
0: It's on a lily pad, which we did remove later down um. in the process after many conversations with botanists. But in the original proposal, I did have a lily pad.
1: See, you say that like that's normal. Liz, when's the last time you called a botanist because of the work you were doing? Never. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you realize, as you're talking to us, the amount of surreal things, right? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, well, we have to call a botanist because, you know, the lotus has global significance and over 8 billion cultures are going to be <laughs> interacting with this emoji. Like, it's wild because it's a co- it's like five pixels, but it's so... Enormous, and yet we don't have giant launch events when these come out, do we? Like, there's no, no. Do no. they just roll out on your phone? They're, and they're gonna load out. us now.
0: It's, I mean, like if you had told me I'd be working on emoji, I probably would have said, "What are emoji?" But I also would have been like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." It just was not in my like thought process of, of career development. But as I do it, I'm realizing that it's probably the closest to journalism in the tech world that I could probably get to. Right. Because I am trying to figure out I just I'm looking at how people are already behaving, trying to understand it more, talk to them, get a deeper understanding of it and then talk to experts about it to make sure that I am understanding it right. And then figure out where that overlap is. And that's that's really a lot of the emoji work is like a journalist surrounding yourself by people who know more than you and putting it out in the world.
2: But you're also you're also designing these, right? Like as a designer, um as Paul has pointed out helpfully, I'm thinking about like how many <laughs> versions of this lotus flower you drew, like how many versions, you know, with or without the lily pad, how many petals you chose to put in here, the gradients are in here. I mean, those are decisions that you're also making along with the research.
0: Yep. There's there's more than one lotus drawing that happens. Can't just do the first one. Or can you? <laughs>
1: No one would expect the first draft. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I'm projecting onto you, right? As we were were talking and and you, in the last minute or two, you showed me that I was totally wrong about something because what I was thinking was, because I knew you before, right? But I always thought of you as like a designer's designer, like really, really just like moving forward, very editorial focus and so on. And I assume that the hard part, the part that would be take the most focus would be the like wrapping your head around the technical googly parts of this but you actually really threw me a curveball there which is no that's like you got that it's all good you go you look at the unicode standard it's byte codes fine that's not the hard part the hard part is figuring out the entire world's culture like a journalist and then translating that into design which now that i've said it back to you i'm like oh <laughs> Right. Tell us the story of how you landed in this position, because this is an unusual position.
0: It's the same story of like how I worked in the news. In the in news, you know, I was someone's assistant for a number of years and then they adopt. They were like, hey, I got a job at the Times. So Will you be my assistant? And I was like, yep, on my way and worked there for a bit. And someone was like, you know how to use a computer? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, hmm. oh, cool. Maybe you can make some charts. And I was like, I, can, I know how to use Excel. Yeah, sure. We can do that. And then... They're like, oh, you know how to draw. Can you draw me this? And I was like, sure, I could draw a peacock running away from its feathers. Yeah, sure, I could do that too. And just being in the place, just showing up, just showed up to there. and
1: Yeah, and also being able to draw a peacock running away from
0: its <laughs> <those> feathers. <laughs> and it, it, Google's no different. You know, It's an engineering-driven company, but you figure out what's important to other people, and then you figure out how to navigate that space. You be what you need to be, and also you kind of got to teach people along the way how to like, Beyond their current worldview, but emoji are this amazing thing that I know you've mentioned a couple of times that I work for Google.com, but yeah, but Google doesn't own emoji. You know, no one owns emoji. Unicode doesn't even own emoji. They it just they just create the plumbing. They just create the plumbing so it can be distributed on different platforms, and that's what is really great about about it is that no one can claim it as their own. Everyone can say what it is, what they want it to be, how they use it. And anyone who tells you otherwise is trying to sell you something, man. Because this is not true. That's just marketing. So, I think my connection to it was fairly organic and I was just drawn to it because of circumstance. I was working on one of Google's many messaging experiences and you know, figuring out how people communicated on diff- on it differently in in different parts of the world and that's so interesting. You know, that's just, that that's always been interesting to me as a journalist, former journalist, I suppose, and and what I do now. And yeah, I call people from the Monterey Bay Aquarium to talk to them about our marine animals, or I talk to a cardiovascular surgeon about the x-ray emoji or an anatomical heart. And I do that because I have a history of already doing that. So I'm like building on, I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't work in journalism.
1: That is actually, I mean, usually when a journalist calls you, it's it's really bad. Sometimes good, but often really bad. But I bet people are highly motivated and excited.
0: It's interesting. Because when you talk to these people, the, the generosity of people offering their expertise to journalists and offering their expertise to Unicode is that they're doing it freely, right? They're not charging right. for it. They're, they're, they're doing it, you know, whether they're an academic or a biologist at a zoo. And so when I look to find additional experts, I start, I start to find people who I'm like, oh, wow. I wish they were more part of our process rather than just, you know, just consulting on lung emoji, lungs, plural. Maybe they would be involved more in our process. But people don't have time for the amount of work that goes into it. And so you really do have to go outside of the expertise of Unicode and, and, and talk to people.
1: Well, this is like our industry in general, which I mean at this, I'm talking about the tech industry at its absolute best. When you talk to technologists, they're translating one domain into software, right? Like, I mean, that is a lot of work. And if you get – doctors like to complain. I mean, they love to complain. Every time I see my GP, he's like, this software. <laughs> just, But, you know, he's not going to go back to school and, and learn good UX practices. Like, that's not what he's going to do. He's going to yell at me about my cholesterol and, like – so, I mean, I think that the, the function the standards body provides, right, is that when it does come time, it would be interesting to see a bunch of med students be like, I wish I had this emoji, except it might also be terrible. When you see how those people communicate, it's grisly stuff, just absolutely grisly. And maybe we don't need all that in our emoji that our children use right now. Because med, med students would just be like, X-ray, you should show lung with blood.
0: What's interesting about that is all how you frame it. Right. Think about like even when you talk to clients, like you like how you frame it will directly relate to the kind of feedback you get. So I don't ask people how accurate is this anatomical heart? Well, I do ask that. But in addition to that, I also ask, what are the features of an anatomical heart that make it? an anatomical heart what is emblematic of it is it all the aortic valves is it like the positioning is it the angle like you know because those are things the doctor's talking about like he's like well when i'm doing surgery i see it from this angle but when people are looking at you you see the heart from this angle and like so which one do you want do you want fourth, you know, you are breaking the fourth wall here? Are you, are you doing surgery? And so they're thinking about it through their worldview. And your job is to kind of filter that and and try to think, okay, well, how will this be used in a communicative context? How will this render in a small size? And then you take away the details that are unnecessary. And generally the the emoji that that we publish, uh, that, that Google creates for Noto Emoji are not realistic, right? They attempt to be authentic, but they're not trying to reproduce reality because like, our cameras are pretty good now like you need you need a picture like you can you can get that but the (laughs) beauty of illustration like a
1: a listening red heart every time i want to tell my wife i I well i
0: mean that's that's the beauty of you know the emblematic symbolic red heart as well but like you also you don't want something from your biology class where it has like all the chambers in it you could take it apart you want something that just gives you a sense of well, anatomical heart's interesting because it is more realistic than the abstract heart that we've come to to use to mean love. But the beauty of illustration is that it can deviate from reality, right? It, it, it has it allows, it's more forgiving and softer, and can be cuter. <laughs> and those are the kinds of things that we try to lean into.
2: That so you just described the role of a designer. Uh, I know you lean pretty hard on journalism, but asking the doctor to describe the different views and then you interpreting that and simplifying that to me sounds like, you know, you're still, you're still a designer, Jen. You're still (laughs) a designer.
0: We've talked about this, I think, Liz, like sometimes the approach is design, but you execute like an illustrator or maybe you execute like a PM, you know, or, you know, like you just, the titles are useful for certain conversations. And then the verbs, you know, how you actually make the work can can be different.
1: Is there, is there competition between the major vendors? Like, do you think to yourself, I wonder what Samsung's going to do after you drop that Lotus in the conversation?
0: (laughs) I think in the past there has been this weird thing where Unicode published their standard, you know, here's our list of draft candidates, be fruitful and multiply. And they just kind of like threw it over a fence. So who catches it and everyone finds out in nine months but yeah. a lot of what i've been trying to do since i became chair and before i was chair was go hey have you talked to anyone at samsung <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey do you
0: know anyone at microsoft this is
1: the great mystery of consulting <laughs> i have this over and over in my life i'm like hey, have you ever gone over the hall there just said anything? (laughs) And they're like, oh, no, 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 the process, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so if you get people in a room.
0: Some folks are interested in emoji for different reasons than others. So I try to get the people who care about it for the same reasons in certain conversations and for different reasons in other conversations so there can be like meaningful progress. So, you know, I do talk with folks at all these different companies and to varying levels of detail. Some folks don't need it, right? And it's like, why well, I don't like to waste my time with them because they have it under control. And other folks maybe don't and they, they want to, Their maybe their release schedule is nine months ahead of everyone else so they can't wait to see what everyone else does they have to do it earlier so just getting people in a room or a virtual room to talk and share and get them involved in the process of evaluation as well so that by the time unicode's already approved an emoji it's kind of too late to have those conversations because at that point you already have to do it there's already a code point assigned to it I feel like um,
2: we should at least let the listeners know a little bit about you know what happened to blobs, even if they are before your time. Just to just so people know to get off your your back about it. We
0: can have a brief moment of silence for our blobs. Yeah, yeah. God, those
1: blobs are good. Were that right, wasn't yeah. you. You didn't kill the blobs. I didn't
0: kill the blobs. We are bringing back a lot of what made blobs cute and un uncomplicated back into Noto Emoji. I mean, all the animals are back. We got the cute turtle. We got the cute bird. We got a cute. I've been bee. noted
1: people should follow Jennifer on on Twitter, where she has been publishing turtle variations. Yes, yes, on a daily basis.
0: Uh, that's Emoji Kitchen. So that is an interesting evolution of emoji that maybe is out of scope for this conversation. Oh yeah,
1: no, no, no. Pitch it. What's Emoji Kitchen? Oh,
0: Emoji Kitchen is a real fun little feature. Uh, so if you're on Android, Android only friends. I am.
1: Thank God, one thing for me, <laughs> one thing on oh, my Pixel. Here we go. Emoji, oh yeah, baby. Oh. All right, let's go through. All right, I'm gonna go get Emoji Kitchen. It, no, you don't have to get
0: it, it. It's on your phone, my friend.
1: Oh, it's on my phone? It's oh my God. On your phone. Oh my God.
0: You don't have to, you just open your keyboard.
1: How do I get to Emoji Kitchen?
0: Well, well, what app are you in right now? Twitter. Okay, so just click on the emoji button and you see all your, your friendly emoji.
1: I'm in there. Recently used include syringe because I got a vaccine um, and the turtle. I've been using the turtle. Okay,
0: click the turtle.
1: Click in the turtle.
0: What happens? <gasps> Yeah, I get all these
1: options for the turtle. I never said there's a monkey turtle, a sad turtle, a ghost, a turtle on a
0: ghost's head. How did that happen? Hit any other emoji, and uh, it will combine pumpkin,
1: them. pumpkin,
0: <gasps> turtle, pumpkin. There you go, bud.
1: How yeah. the hell did you
0: do it? How did you do? do how Liz did tan. you make turtle pumpkin? Send these to Liz Tan because she can't until she comes on yeah. over. I'm on the <laughs> other side. I'm on the. I'm in the dark side.
1: Okay, so not everything combines.
0: No, we, there's about 15,000 combinations. So, you know.
1: Can I make a suggestion? <laughs> I'll bring it. Start adding syringes to things so we can communicate vaccine emotions. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Slow turtle vaccine is one of the things, pumpkin vaccines. Maybe, I guess that's why I don't work at Google. No, no, I, anyway, syringe oh, wow. is on the
0: list, actually. Um, But you could also hit microbe, and you get a bunch of microbe variants. Or the uh, mask. You can combine the mask with just about anything. Uh, Damn, well.
1: that's cool. So you have to do this manually, though. You've had to make 15,000 combos? Yeah. So <laughs> machine learning needs to get in there. Come yeah, on.
0: Who wants machine learning when you have five fingers <laughs> to do it?
1: Last thing. Young people on the internet are saying that emo- certain emojis, aren't cool anymore. So what are we going to do? Are we just our are, are emojis going to be something that they associate with old millennials?
0: Possibly. I mean, the fact that emoji are still relevant today is a total, totally tubular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, frankly, I don't want you to answer that question <laughs> any more than that. That is perfect (laughs) it is yeah thank you this has been rad
0: i mean the thing about (laughs) internet right now is i do feel like there's this weird thing happening where like lockdown boredom is making the over 30 crowd act more like teenagers and they're playing these weird games online about status because there's a lack of being able to do it there's no socialization opportunities uh outside of the internet and so it's why you see millennials like reacting to Gen Zs and the straight pants and the flared pants. And like, you're going to always have like people saying what's old is new and what's old, you know, it's like a whole cycle, but the emoji are no different. I think they've remained relevant for a really long time, but how we use them is rapidly changed, rapidly changed. Like, like they're not for text messaging exclusively anymore. And that's awesome. But don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone tell you how to use an
1: emoji. I'll use emoji however I want. <laughs> well, I'm going to use emoji till I die. Let's be clear. And it's very exciting in, in a way that maybe maybe this is just me being nerdy, but the two things for me are that how much of the work that goes into these is cultural, not technological. To Liz's point earlier, like design is a kind of research and journalism. And the other is that like just that, that a good standards body – Linking things together has enormous cultural authority. And that's kind of cool that because Apple, Google, Samsung, everybody else, like they're not motivated necessarily to get along. But we do need our new big alphabet, which includes pumpkins. We need more pumpkins.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. I think that people really think of big tech in this context as sort of this like arbiter, this like accidental arbiter of how we communicate. But like, again, they're just the the distribution of what we're already doing. I, I I do believe that to be true. I think they're really, it's a really easy headline in general. You know what I mean? Like it's just like Google and Apple ad salute face emoji so for to support our troops and it's like no no we didn't add it to support our troops we added it to like have a soft way of acknowledging when someone messages you something and you want to just say yes i got it like it's actually quite chill like we're chill here guys like we've been saluting for a really long time we will continue to support our troops we will also use it to support our troops, but like that's not
1: I mean that's the thing. That's the reality. That's the way language works, yeah. right? Like people are gonna use it to salute the, to support the troops. Others are gonna use it ironically, yep. others are gonna have but the the thing you're saying that I, I think is is critical here, right? Is that a truly open ended $75 membership standards body came to believe that the salute is a signal part of human communication and has been for a long time and it should be represented in this big visual grammar. That, that's what actually happened here. And then, then a whole lot of things follow on from that. And so there's all kinds of interpretations of that because it's language.
0: It's fluid. It's unstoppable. All right.
1: Well, Liz, we got to go. There's over 500 million things that we probably could be talking about here.
2: There are so many things, so many questions still, but.
1: (sighs) But Jennifer Daniel, if people want to get in touch with you, assuming you want that.
0: Uh, They can, well, the emoji font that I work on is open source. So if you're interested in uh, using it, it is available. It's on GitHub and you can uh, freely use it. It's called Noto Emoji. Emoji Kitchen is a feature that is near and dear to my heart. And it's available on Gboard uh, for those who are on Android devices. And it combines any emoji. Well, most emoji, many emoji, with many other emoji.
1: Certainly puts a turtle in a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, together. it's a very Real cute, nice.
0: really cute turtle-o'-lantern. And I'm on TikTok, I'm on the Twitter. But yeah, I'm on all the medias. I'm an old lady, so you can find me on Instagram.
1: Well, that is that is good. Everyone should follow Jennifer Daniel. And you should look through Noto Emoji because there is a lot going on. There's a lot of, wow, this world is vast. And extremely cute. All right, Liz. Did that? Oh. Did that answer all your questions?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm all set. I think I don't need to talk to Jen for at least another like pandemic or something.
1: <laughs> Feels like Jen. You know, she seems like you know, just she's real smart. <laughs> she's just real smart. It's always fun. All right, well, good. Well, Liz, I don't know if you know this, but if people need to get in touch with Postlight, they can just email hello at postlight.com. That's all they need to know.
2: That's right. And we're on all the social channels. If you want to do the tweeting, the Instagramming, we're, we're around. Everybody knows, get in touch, and uh, we love you.
1: That's all. That's all you need to know. We love you. And uh, we, run, we want to help you. And lots of people get in touch, even if they're not sure how we can help. Like Little nonprofits, all sorts of stuff. We always try to answer and be helpful. So you go ahead and get in touch. We're feeling very generous because I just looked at 9 million pictures of hearts while we were doing this interview as I was... <laughs> A lot of hearts. A lot of hearts. All right, let's get out of here.